Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Red Men Originals podcast. I'm Steve Hoy, joined by Chris Bajak, Chloe Bloxham, and Steve Plunkett for this one. No Paul Machen today. He's taking the opportunity to go off on his jollies for a little bit. Um, how dare he? Having said that, you've just had yours. Welcome back. It was great, mate. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. The legs look like you've been in this one a little bit. A little bit. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's not not so- Christmas hams, but anyway, <laughs> we, we roll. We move, we move. Yeah, we're going to be speaking, of course, about Alexis McAllister. News broke that Liverpool are pretty much close to getting a deal done, medicals expected, and all that kind of stuff in part one. Then in part two, we're going to have a look at the other business that the Reds need to get done, or perhaps will get done, as this transfer window opens in a few days' time. Before we do that, though, we do have our latest club legend draw to do. I want to do it early doors at the top of the show we are giving away this a signed picture by Liverpool European Cup winning captain Phil Thompson do you mind holding that for me please oh, Chris well, mate, yeah. so yeah one of our Red Men Plus Club Legends is about to win this straight away we're going to go early doors with the wheel and aims to find out who indeed gets their hands on this amazing prize do you remember the last time we did this oh. and, uh, an email came up yeah that wasn't great uh, it was congratulations and well done to me- me Costell 08 me, I don't know, I'm going to say that one. Me Costello. Me Costello, let's go with that one. Eight. Congratulations, Sam. Phil Thompson framed picture is on its way to you. Thanks, Chris. You were expertly modelled. So. Uh, if you want to be in the next prize draw, by the way, head, simply head to redmenplus.com. If you sign up as a club legend, you're in the draws. And Chloe Bloxham can reveal next the next prize. That is a yeah. Liverpool shirt signed by... Mr. Adam Lalana, yes, we yes. spoke to Adam for the Roberto Firmino documentary. He kindly signed one of our shirts as well. So if you want to get your hands on that, simply become a Red Men Plus club legend over at redmenplus.com and you'll be in the draw at the end of the month and that's a very, very good prize. There is a smiley face on this as well that he's drawn, which is just lovely. His autograph. Ten side is 20, under 20. He seemed like a happy man and you've got to be a happy man to put a smiley face on your autograph. Oh yeah, he was lovely, down to earth, that man. Perfect. She's got a really good skincare routine as well whilst we're there, to be honest with you. Fair play to the lad. He did well, did he? Right, I'm sure. Um, that's, that's for tips. I mean, I don't know if we're... Do we need, do we need skin? To, yeah, which fine. We've got, got transfers to talk about. So, yeah, Chris, I'll come to you first then. It was reported today, Paul Joyce kind of put out there, Liverpool are going to try and get a deal done this week. And uh, Fabrizio Romano jumped on the back a little bit. I say that, he's actually been leading this. He's been tweeting about it every single day with an update. But he said, here we go, done deal, all that kind of stuff. He says, yeah, I'll bring it up here. 
Alexis McAllister to Liverpool. Here we go. Full agreement completed on the contract. Understand that we valid until June 2028 on a five-year deal. Liverpool will pay the buyout clause in the next days, way less than the reported 60 million fee. Medical due to be done, etc. So, I mean, the window isn't even open yet, Chris, and Liverpool have got the first piece of business done, which is a, a positive because there's quite a lot to do. He's going to catch a lot of people out because a lot of people are going away, aren't they? And Liverpool are just getting the business done. I'm sure there's loads of journalists that have just left the country and all that <laughs> type of stuff. And um, It's boss news, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's a player that we've all had our eye on for a few months now and going back to the World Cup even and maybe before that. I mean, we all know about Brighton and how, how good they are at recruiting and the fact that they, they, they got him in and they put him on loan and... They put him on loan twice, did they? They, they sent him back to Argentinos Junior. That was part of the deal, And yeah. I think they went... I think he Did he go to Boca Juniors as well on loan? I think he might have done before actually going over to, to Brighton and then forcing his way in. Obviously, World Cup winner now and stuff. But it's this change of formation. I think, for me, the, the, the sort of excites me around this transfer. Because one thing that I sort of said a couple of weeks ago is I, I want, I want, I'm not sure whether Liverpool are going to stick with it. I hope they do. And I think they do. But the versatility is important, I think, in terms of a midfielder that you could play in a 4-3-3 formation or you could play in this new sort of advanced role that we're looking at at the moment. So, And he's got that in abundance. Um, and if it's reportedly, you know, it, it could be as low as 45 million, I'm hearing, but also we've heard 50 million, 55 million. That's something that Paul Joyce was reporting. It's it's exciting and it looks like, it looks like a proper bargain from Liverpool as well, which is... Good to see us get back on that side of things as well, I suppose. I suppose, yeah, I'll come to you on that one. Is that we'll, And I'll speak about the release clause. I mean, we've got a super chat about it. But by all accounts, he was going to be out of contract. So before the World Cup, he goes to Brighton and says, of course, I'll sign a new deal, but there's obviously got to be a mechanism to get me out. Yep. And it's worked out perfectly. The player, he's got himself a move. Now, granted, he's in theory, he's moved to a club who finished one place above the club he finished in the in the Premier League. But ideally, Liverpool's you know, Liverpool are disappointed to finish fifth. Brighton are ecstatic to finish sixth. So I think it's fair to say it is a bit of an upgrade for him. Chris is right, though. This is Liverpool. We, we've, you know, I think one of the reasons we ended up having a poor season was the business last summer wasn't really ideal in in hindsight at the time we all had questions about it and then going into season it panned out you know we had the lads at right back who was always injured Darwin Nunes just certainly needed time to settle um Fabio Carvalho looks like he's getting out he's gonna be out the club after a year it it, it was like you know Arthur Mello on loan god you know whatever that was Steve, it was a bad window. It was a bad window. No, but it was a bad window. That's what I'm saying. It didn't work out. Liverpool hopefully have learned the lesson because they've got one over the line here for a good player. He's played in the Premier League. There are less questions about them than there were about Nunes and Carvalho and Arthur and Ramsey. This, it, there's never a sure thing in the transfer market, Steve, but this feels about as close as you can get, really. Yeah, it was a very poor window. And we're finding out financially what that's going to cost. Could never have allowed ourselves to be in that position again. So bringing him in, I think, the same time you spoke about the point you made a couple of weeks ago, you talked about tactical flexibility. He started life as a 10. He's played in a double pivot. He can play in a number eight. So whatever system you choose, this guy will fit into that and work alongside that. It's a it's a really good start to the transfer window. He's tried and tested in the Premier League. He's proven he can play That's there. Point, yeah. He's proven the way that Brighton moved the ball in the, that, that block of four moves up and down the pitch together. He's obviously tactically and systems aware, which is really good because we're very tactically and systems orientated. So... I think it's exciting. Um, it's a start, and it's a very, very good start. On that, Chloe, and uh, Fritio Romano reported about the fees, well, and Chris touched upon it before. He said the release clause for Alexis McAllister is lower than the report of 45 to £50 million. There's been some rumours and chat about the £38 million clause. Like, that's, I don't know, it's hard. It feels like a bargain, that, you know what I mean? Like, that's a Premier League proven, World Cup winning 24 year old player in his prime. 
to get him for you know under forty million pounds does feel like Chris going back before very smart business and savvy business from the Reds, which is amazing. You know we've we've praised Michael Edwards for years about how he got deals done. There was a bit of Julian Ward discourse, but I don't know who's done this deal. Whether it was Julian or York, I'm guessing Julian Ward was pretty heavily involved. But they've gone back not to not only getting the player, but getting almost winning the deal. It feels like Liverpool have won out of this. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, and that that wasn't always the case, especially last last window. So that's positive as well. Yeah, it is. It's actually outrageous how we could potentially get a, a proven, um, a superstar, a World Cup winner for for under forty five million euros. That's ridiculous. It's outrageous business from Liverpool, and it's something that we used to be so good at was getting these deals and making players who were already decent world beaters. And hopefully, we can do that once again. You talk about his age. You know, players primes actually go on from 27 maybe to 30 he's 24 he's 20 he's the same age as Trent that is ridiculous business from Liverpool and if uh, Julian Ward is to now you know we all know he's the part but if it was him who got this at least he gave us a part and gift before he's gone um because that that is incredible and it's actually quite surprising how for only 45 million there's been rumors obviously United and that but it's quite surprising that there's only been about three clubs who have after actually been after him because he's brilliant. He's shown how many roles he can play, how diverse he is in terms of, yeah, he can be your attacking superstar, but also he can be the lad who grafts back and does all the hard work for you like he did in the World Cup. Um, he can play so many roles, so it's an absolute bargain for Liverpool and that's why it's so exciting because it also means uh, originally it was 70 mil rumoured and I was a bit like, oh, wow, that is a lot of money for the lad who, yeah, he looks boss, but 70 million? and Jude Bellingham's room is 85 it was like oof um, but now it, it feels absolutely incredible it's almost like buy one get one free really yeah. here, isn't it it's almost like with, if you sign him for, for less than the 40 million quid then you can afford another player because you were looking at Mason Mount who was going to be around about you know I know Chelsea won 70 million but it probably wouldn't have gone that far but you can get two players in for that 70 million quid now which is what Liverpool needed so to be able to get one of your top targets for that price yeah. is was unbelievable because you, you'd expect to overspend on your top targets and, and and then and then that impacts what else you can do in the window. If you get this one in early doors done at this price, it, it's just fucking brilliant. Is, yeah, it, it really is. is it not a little bit mad that like obviously he signed dealing maybe October, I think it was before the World Cup. Is it not mad from Brighton's perspective that they put it that no, way? No, I don't no, think it is. I think it's win-win yeah. for them here, you know. They because paid, they, sorry, they paid seven million for him, so they get I mean, five hundred percent plus and also. For but it's it, it's for me, sorry, Steve. No it, it's just about he was gonna leave on a free. That's the mm. so this is forty five million quid they that wouldn't he wouldn't have, have got. Also, and it's a good deal for mm. them, and it's a good deal for him. He got to stay, and, and you know, and, and Brighton got the security of it, and knowing that they get a transfer fee. Brighton knew this Europa in October. Yeah, yeah, and he got Europa League off the back of it. Win win. Another example of how to run a football club. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. isn't it? Clever from Brighton. And listen with all due respect, and, and we've got a, we've got a superstar here from Mo who says the same thing. Apparently, the reason why the clause is around thirty eight million is because Brighton wanted to give him the new contract earlier in the season because he was flying, but he signed it before he went to World Cup, and that's the thing. Clo is that he was going for nothing. So yeah. he, he held all the power in that in that deal because if Brighton comes to him and go, here's a new contract, but there's no clause in it, then he just doesn't sign it. No, so, I know. so that that's all that is. I I wouldn't be shocked, and we might find this out in due course. This is pure speculation because David Ornstein reported it's not so much a clause, but like a, he called it a like mechanism. A, a mechanism. Me, yeah. It might be that they're specifically named clubs. It, you know, we saw mm, Michael right. Owen had this when he went back to Newcastle. There was a, a clause in the contract that said, I can go back to Liverpool if they bid this much money. And it was specifically named as Liverpool. Now, I wonder if Alexis McAllister wrote 
City, United, you know, just like a list of clubs. If, yeah. if they want me, I can go kind of thing. So it feels like that might have been what it was. It felt like me. They could have probably got 60 million for him. From, I mean, Liverpool yeah, yeah, probably could have, have, but, have paid that. Yeah. So that's why I was like, wow, but maybe like it's that is, type of course. He moves for fucking 20 in January. Yeah. Uh, if not, like, you know, he didn't get him until the end of the yeah. season as well, don't they? Yeah, because yeah, I've got to remember, it was before the World Cup as well. He re- it, that would have, you know, if they'd have held on to after the World Cup, it's it's a risk because if he has a great World Cup, then he's worth more money. But then if he has a bad World Cup and it's less. So I think I think they probably saw like 50 million quid for him. Effectively, a lad who was about to go out of contract. Liverpool got, and I was younger, Chris, at McAllister, but Liverpool got 30 million quid for Sadio Mane. That's what they could have found themselves in that position where. He could have got to January, and like you said, you stay and no, right? We're going to have to cash in now, and then you destabilize yeah. your club in January. I think Brighton have done all right. I, I don't think they've got the value of what the players worth, but they've they, they secured themselves from. Yeah, them it's being like a getting player. a freaking mortgage, and, and you've been on a tracker on a dead low interest rate for ages, and then deciding to go on fixed. You know exactly where you are. Brighton knew exactly where they were in October when they decided to do it. They were comfortable with the decision. Yeah, it could have worked out better for them. It could have worked out worse for them. They yeah. know exactly where they are. They can plan, they can budget for the future, knowing that this guy's probably going to move on in the summer for that amount of money. That allows them time to plan their transfers as well with the money that they know is coming into the yeah. football club. So, yeah, it's a good deal. Do you, reckon, do you reckon, sorry, off topic a little bit, do you reckon they've done maybe the same with Caicedo? In that no. contract that he signed? Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. Why would he have signed it? Because they, they they were rejecting eighty million pounds for him in January, mm. so maybe he has got something. In them. I sure like that because they they did it to show him that he doesn't have all the cards. So you talk about McAllister holding all the cards in that deal. The World Cup was always going to be potentially quite fruitful for him, given that it was going to be Messi's international swan song, and it proved to be that way. With Caicedo, it was like we're in charge. Be quiet. Don't come to training. You're not going to sail. We're going to. Put a new contract in front of you, and you're right, and you're right, Chloe. It probably is a deal in there that says if Arsenal come with 90 million pounds in the summer, they revisit it. He's gone. They pay less than for him than they did for, for McAllister. That is insane business. They they could end up pocketing like a hundred and thirty million pounds for two players. They probably didn't pay fourteen million. And it wouldn't surprise for. me if this is the way the club start to move in the direction yeah. of, to be honest with you, because obviously Bosman came in years ago now. And since then I don't think the clubs have ever really got their head around how to manage the end of the contracts. They end up selling them with two years to go because they don't they don't want them to get into the last year. Yeah. Or you end up sitting on them like Liverpool did with Wijnaldum. Whereas this is a good option for football clubs now where they go, actually, you know what? We want we want you to stick around. We're going to give you more wages because he'll have got more money off the yeah. back of this. Let's yeah. not forget that yeah. when he signs this new contract. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we give you that option to if somebody comes in at an agreed fee that we're all happy with, that you move on. It's like Liverpool could have done better out of the money if we'd have done that with him. And, it's a, and, and Brighton seems to be that football club to have good relationships with their players. Like McAllister's spoken glowingly about them and wanted to help them out as well. So, yeah, again, smart business by Brighton. It could be a model moving forward I'm, for all clubs. I'll fire, I'll fire that one back at you, Steve, as well, a bit, because Brighton's recruitment, and I'm, again, I, this might sound so like, like big club heavy, and I apologise to Brighton fans. I love Brighton, the place and the club, but like Brighton isn't a final destination for any player. No. So if, you, if you're if you seen to block Alexis McAllister going to Liverpool or stop Casado going there, it's different in the season, you can understand it, but in the summer... It, be, it becomes getting the next one harder because like they think, oh no, right. I'm gonna look at Wilfred Zaha now. He's is he op- Wilfred Zaha's options at the moment as things stand at Palace. I'll stay at Palace or I'll go to Saudi Arabia. And listen, he'll go and make tons of money in Saudi Arabia if he goes. And I'm sure Palace will pay him well. But if you're, you know, who's, who's the next one? Who are you going to recruit? If, if they're if they're in the market for the same players as Brighton Palace, 
well, look what happens to Zara. He got stuck there. It is clever, Brighton. They know what they do. They, they, the scouting is fantastic. They've already got in see, so they, they've already yeah. got Moza Hood lined up to replace Alexis McCarthy. They really switched on, and it, it feels like, again, more joined up thinking from them. Don't stand in the way, if anything. They should encourage players going to Liverpool. Leipzig have done it really well yeah. as well, and yeah. players go there to the Red Bull group because they know that they're going to be able to get yeah. off. Come and join us, and you might, and play well, and by the way, there's a move, that there's Kukurea going to Chelsea, or there's Alexis McCarthy going to Liverpool. It's smart on their behalf as well. If you want to get to the top table, you, you've got to build there in incremental stages and you've got to be prudent, be clever and savvy with your business. So in this case, they're going to pocket £100 million. As you said, they do the recruitment. They've scouted the replacements already. They've known since January when he signed the contract that the likely would leave. They've probably got a list of names. It's really, really clever. It's the exact opposite of what Chelsea are doing with this amortisation because they've now got Enzo Fernandez for eight years, whether they like it or not, because they're paying for him over eight years. How do you facilitate the end of a player's contract when they're in amortisation? So I think what Brighton's doing is really good and they're a facilitator for, for players. It's like a stepping stone does them a disservice. They facilitate players in terms of bringing them into the best league in the world, give them a system and a, and a manager that first Potter now deserve he's taking it on. Uh, and we've given him his plaudits and we've spoken about him. Now that what they're doing is they're, they're the, the, the sort of go-between between sort of Argentinian, South American and African clubs and the top tier in the Premier League and they're doing it really, really well. And it is absolutely to be admired the way they run their club. Fertio Amano, by the way, as we're live, has just kind of said that James Milner is set to be unveiled as a Brighton player soon as well, as, as well as Mo De Hood. So they've got themselves two midfielders for nothing. So he better not be touching that badge. He better be hovering. I don't. I think that's a Photoshop. I think we're good. fine. I think that's more. I think that's. Oh, that's not good. That's a photo. That's a Photoshop, isn't it? It doesn't James? look right, does it? Actually, he's got a beard now as well. So unless he's had a shave for the thing, you know. maybe yes. That's a. But anyway, yeah, Milner's going to be one of the replacements for him. Um, moving on, then, Chris. Again, it, football clubs are really good at spinning PR. So I don't know where Paul Joy's got this information from. If it come from Liverpool or not, ever. But there was talk that he turned Man United down as well to get um, a move to Liverpool. We saw Mason Mount do the opposite. Reject. Liverpool to get to Man United. Me and Chloe spoke about this. We've done a react show as soon as this news broke earlier on post. But just want your thoughts. Like, was that how it was phrased? I'm sure I read it when it was the other way around where it was like he pulled out because he wanted to go to Liverpool. No, sorry, that's my point. Sorry, if I word that poorly. He, McAllister turned Man United down to join Liverpool, whereas Mason Mount turned Liverpool down to join Man United. That's what I, I, I got mixed up. But in general, with McAllister, the fact that Liverpool are beating an, a rival who finished top four and all that kind of stuff to a player, if indeed that's true. Who knows, it might be a bit of spin from Liverpool's behalf, but that is a positive because we, I think we all worried a little bit about the lack of Champions League footy and does that impact what targets you can get? It doesn't seem to have had an impact because it looks like Alexis McAllister might have had a move to a Champions League play inside if he wanted it. So, again, we've spoke about Jürgen's always said, get me in a room and I reckon I'll be able to get a play. It looks like that's happened there, which is a positive. Yeah, it does. And, and listen, the Europa League will have made a big difference on this because you know, we heard a few weeks ago, didn't we, the fear-mongering about Alexis McAllister wanting European football. And I think at the time it was first reported as Champions League football and then it, it got downgraded to European football, didn't it? Um, which, you know, Liverpool, when we the links first started with McAllister, we probably weren't looking likely to even get into the Europa League. No. Um, but the pulling power of Jürgen Klopp, the pulling power of this football club is absolutely massive. He'll understand the reasons as a footballer what's going on. He'll understand the impact of injuries on a squad over the course of a season. And he'll look at the two, and I hate to use this word in terms of football clubs because I don't actually agree with it, but the two projects in Manchester United and Liverpool. Now, on the surface, Manchester United, Champions League football, they won a, a, a cup, of course, but 
it feels very much like a veneer to me. It doesn't feel like the back. It just feels like you scratch the surface and the same old problems are going to exist there next season. I think Ten Hag is moving them in the right direction, but conversely, Liverpool feels like a hiccup and you know that they're going to be back next season and McAllister's looked at it and gone, yeah, I think Klopp's going to take Liverpool further than Ten Hag in, in the short term and the long term. Now that you know, we know that Klopp's going to stick around for a few more years and stuff, that will have a big impact on players, of course. We'll, maybe it'll be the first one, and maybe Gakpo was the first one, actually, but McAllister as well. So uh, it bodes well to me that a footballer understands that we're still bigger and better than Manchester United. Um, even, even if Mason Mount didn't think so. <laughs> Mason Mount's a fool, though, isn't he? It might be. We'll find out in due course. Clo- um, It'd have been perfect for us as well, but seventy millions too much. Let Manchester United overspend on players. We yeah, don't want to do that no more. I tend to agree. Yeah. Um, Clo- coming back to it on the going back to the the, the way this McAllister things panned out. Like it, it feels like it's taken ages because he's been linked since early May, but actually the season only finished like two weeks ago. With that, we can go and Liverpool have already got it sorted and done off. Like say we can do our legend, and I know you. Your transfers do your head in more than most other things around it, other than the temperature of the room, which apparently does your head in a lot as well. But in, in fairness... Got your T-shirt back. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you were enjoying that before. Yeah, you were as a blanket. blanket. But, like, there was worries, Chloe, like, Liverpool has been a bit of a shambles for a year, not just the football team, like the whole thing. Like, are we for sale? Are we not for sale? Yeah. Who's the, he's the sporting director. Well, he's leaving, actually. Now he's leaving, and there's the new one. Oh, by the way, he's only here for a summer because we couldn't get who he wanted, etc., etc. And it feels like it has been a little bit like, you know, the manager wanted to give him a contract, but Jay, the manager wanted to give Milner one, but they didn't. And it's it felt very, very messy. This is a quite reassuring to me that they're still, you know, hopefully they get him some way back to be able to operate at that level as a club. Because I thought Liverpool from pretty much the day that Jürgen Klopp arrived have been like the gold standard of everything. You know, the data and the, t- the transfers and all that and contracts, it wasn't like that. Now it looks like it could be. Yeah, it's reassuring to see that at least. Oh, hello. Sorry. Uh, it's reassuring to see that Liverpool have hopefully, and I'll mention FSG in this. FSG have made a lot of mistakes at Liverpool Football Club. What they've actually done is when our fans have came out or when we've walked out in the 77th minute because you've tried to put the prices up, they've reversed what they've done or they've gone back and they've stepped back. Um, when they've tried to obviously trademark the word Liverpool as well, they had to go back on that. The Super League, they had to go back on that. Um, and hopefully they've looked at what happened last season. They've looked at how the club's been in, in a state and how a fan base that was so united is actually, you know, falling apart a little bit at the CEMs. Hopefully they've stood back and with this, they've turned around and said, yeah, we can't do that. Especially not with our entire system of, you know, the sell to buy thing to even get back in that department. We've got to invest now. We've got to make sure we have the, the players who we could potentially sell at some point. Um, and look, hopefully they, they do understand that this one signing is just, you know, a domino effect for more to come in. It's an unbelievable first signing for Liverpool. It really sets the tone. Get it done early before anyone else has signed anyone else as well. Um, make sure that, like, everyone also knows the competition that we've had to fight off here as well. Um, and then, you know, it settles the fans. The fans are like, okay, well, there's the first massive star. And not just if he's, is he a massive star... 
what we've been recently doing wrong where I'm not saying Darwin Nunes wasn't worth 80 something million but that price tag looked a lot it still looks quite a lot the fact that you've got McAllister for potentially under 45 million and then you can potentially go and get Taram Kone a, a, a centre back if you really wanted to bring another in there in case you know for backup in, in any other areas it really it calms me and it makes me very very excited the, for what we the, do now the mad thing is just to sort of riff off Chloe's point there is that like this could all potentially be done for the Bellingham fee, which is again yeah. something we were all talking about, you know, only a few months ago, isn't it? And it's still disappointing. I know the Bellingham fee came down, didn't it? To yeah. this reported eighty-five million or whatever now, but it was one twenty, one thirty when when we were still all it about it. Like... It could be, yeah. And like, it wouldn't surprise me if we sorted them box our midfield off for the next five years for that price. Yeah. You know, and, and there'll be some people watching this now, and and I agree with them. By the way, going Bellingham would have sorted the midfield out. He would have. He didn't need the help. I think we then probably needed well, another 30, own, 40 million so. on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But um, it's shrewd business, I think, is what Chloe's trying to say. I still want to see more investments from FSG, yeah. if I'm being frank. I think, you know, the three midfielders would be fantastic. Um, but I want to see four or five players coming in. I think Liverpool need to go out and spend still probably closer to 200 million quid to sort this squad out properly and get us absolutely back to be able to fight on four fronts next season. Yeah. Um, hopefully... You know, FSG do pull the finger out, but I think I think it's more likely that it's Jürgen and the people who work at the football club who've decided that this that the last summer can't happen again. Well, funny enough, Steve Ryder and Discord literally said Klopp admitted they got it wrong last year on recruitment. He'll want to be done before the season starts, and this is a sign of that. And Steve's right. Having, having it done and first day pre-season yeah. training, all the lads coming in, working on the system together, that's invaluable. It, it sends a message, though, more importantly. Mm. We've literally just told Arsenal, City, Newcastle, uh, United, lads, get ready for us next year. We're going for it. And I, 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 I genuinely can't believe all these other teams are not kicking themselves. If I was fans of the opposition, but this is the way the board must there. have done. Because yeah. this, this, is, this doesn't scream to me like it's been done this week. No. This is, there'd be, if they, you're right, there would be 10 clubs lining up for exactly. Alexis McAllister. But knew. Liverpool have obviously got in there early within the confines of the laws, of course, um, and boxed <laughs> that shit off so that nobody else can Jim get Alexis in. Alexis has been to Blackpool recently. Yeah. Maybe Absolutely, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's that... good. It's exciting. And look, we've realised that we can't have the same problem. The entirety of the inside of the club has realised that because, let's be honest, it, it every other week someone else was announcing they believe in Liverpool and I was like, what is... It's like <laughs> going up in flames. It's like that, you know, where someone's swinging, that, that picture of someone swinging the child and there's just like a, a yeah, house on yeah, fire yeah. in the background. That's what it felt like. Um, so to, to see us really send the message out to everyone, get business started straight away, it shows that we... We mean business, and we've also been thinking about this ever since Liverpool have been shite. Yeah, we got a, a super chat from Neil O'Callaghan. Thank you, Neil. Eleven ninety nine euro which says a great sign, but FSG needs to do more. It needs to be known that winning is costly, but losing is greater cost with no rewards. We did so poorly. FSG have left the costly mess to clean up, and that's what you said, Chris. Like they, they have to pull off. There's, there's more to be done, and we're going to be speaking about that in part two. What else we think we need to be done? So I know we've got a super chat from Mo. I'll save that for part two when we start talking about uh, specific players and stuff. But it, to wrap this one up, today, I'll come to you. It, it, the interesting thing is what this doesn't do for me. It still doesn't clarify to me what the post formation was going to be next season. It doesn't like. They were obvious signings that if, if he goes in, that means they're probably going to go back to what they wired. McAllister, which is a good thing, he can play as a number eight with the traditional 4-3-3. He could definitely play as one of the number 10s in this new MW formation, only you know, the two 
was it two three five or whatever you call it again it doesn't give you that many clues but like i say that's a positive the fact that you've got a lad who you know you don't have to shoe on into a team whatever Liverpool decide to do electric mccarthy fits i think he's like an eight for me um because he can play in a double pivot i've been saying for a couple of weeks now don't be surprised if we don't buy a specialist six because you don't have to when you've got a double pivot because you've got two guys there instead of one like Fabinho used to work left and right to clear, fill in the spaces and intercept and win, win balls. It's different when you've got two bodies in there. That's why it works for Thiago to be in there as well when, when we did that. Yeah, it's, it, it, is, it is an interesting sort of dynamic on, on what we do. It gives us flexibility. Um, I think where it used to be five on five and we've now decided to throw an extra body into midfield, we're now saying to teams, are you going to deal with that firstly? from a numbers point of view, and are you going to deal with it because it's Trent and he can find any one of our players at any point anywhere on the pitch? So it will be interesting to see the evolution of our team's offset against that. Now they, they try to counter it. I suspect they'll just let him have the ball and shut down his options, but bringing in someone like McAllister, and I said this on the same show you spoke about tactical flexibility, would be that if it's not working for Trent, you need the recruitment was key because you need other players that can go, right, plan A, getting Trent on the ball isn't working, but I'm good enough to be part of plan B. We fix it on the pitch during the game. And there's not many managers in world football that have the ability to change games in in, in real time whilst they're live. Um, so, so I think it's really interesting to see that he can do a number of different roles. And he kind of already is what we all hope Curtis Jones might end up being. Uh, and that that's fine, because that means Curtis Jones goes back to being what we think he should be, which is a more than adequate squad member. And when he needs to come in, the standard doesn't drop off, and that's the key. So, so McAllister is a, is a really exciting signing because you can you can ask him to do one of three jobs. No, sure, you can, definitely can. Like I say, Brighton are still, by the way, I know Andy Naylor in the in the Athletic at that time. Or like you know, Brighton are still saying nothing's been agreed. I think well, I think what we're saying is doesn't really need to have Brighton's permission just yet because Liverpool can just activate a release clause at some point over the next couple of days, which is what Paul Joyce seems to suggest. In, in part two, we're going to be speaking about the other business that Liverpool need to. We've got a couple of names, a couple of positions, all that kind of stuff. Before we do, just want to give you the heads up on redmenplus.com. We've got an exclusive podcast with Jamie Carragher. Paul travelled all the way, as Jamie Carragher put it down to Crosby to speak to him. I'm not about transfers per se, but with the Liverpool current Liverpool squad, who can stay, who can go. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Joe Matip, Joe Gomez and Ola. So yeah, we'll be back with part two. Have to be a little, little teaser from our chat with Jamie Carragher. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank Actually, you. Thanks pleasure. for making the journey to we've me, Crosby. Come to you we're we're on change. College Road. Redmen TV have finally come <laughs> to Jamie Carragher's haunt. <laughs> I normally have to go to them and speak. Uh, and, they and... are send of the world. <laughs> Welcome back. That was a very quick break. <laughs> Probably too fast. In to be told, I had a mouthful of Dr Pepper as Tom started to count with me down there. It's all good. We're professionals. We move on. Right then, we spoke about in part one there was Alexis McCarthy, near enough completed by all accounts. And that is, is going to be what we hope is the first piece of business of the summer. Chris, I'll come to you. There's more, you mentioned before, there's, there's more that needs to be done. Before we speak about names, there's loads of midfielders being linked to Liverpool. Um, and we'll, we'll touch upon some of those in a moment. That's one down potentially. How many more midfielders do, would you expect to see, and how many more do you think? I yeah, and we, I think Chloe puts two fingers up for the, it's an audio version. Is there all? Like, so you can, <laughs> no, I was just giving him an inch. Just give him, give, 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 letting Chris count to two. Um, you okay, Chloe? Give, Chloe thinks two. Yeah, I think two as well. To be honest with you, and I think you know, without talking about the players, one thing I will say is that the players that we will go on to talk about, they seem to be a very physical side to these players which i'm sort of liking the links of because i think when we were at absolute peak you know we had a physical 
industrious midfield. And I think with the players that we're being linked to now, you know, there's six three, fives, elevens, all this type of stuff, big strong men um going in there. It seems to be very much the if you think of like when Arsenal were winning the league titles under Arsene Wenger, the one thing that Arsene Wenger got absolutely spot on and changed the game with, apart from all the, the sports science and the, 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 the dietary requirements of being a footballer and stuff, he had a fucking physical midfield and then he went technical and he didn't win anything when they went technical, when they lost, you know, your Paddy Vieiras and your Petties and all that type of stuff. And I think that's what Liverpool went a little bit too much, you know. Thiago, as much as I love him, very technical footballer. Harvey Elliott, very technical footballer players that I really Cavalio. enjoy watching. Carvalho, very technical. It seems to be a reaction to that now and a big swing where we're going, no, we want to dominate teams in the middle of the park again now and this is what we're going to have to do to beat teams. So yeah. that's something that I'm really liking the looks of at the moment. I think there's still, for me, looks and I know people will be out there and maybe you guys will disagree, there's still question marks over Fabinho for me. Um so I I would yeah certainly be looking at the future of his position if not the present. Um, I'd be interested to see if we do sign a DM what that means for Bajetic, because that might mean that he moves up further up the field or or are we t- going to wrap him in cotton wool for another year and stuff like that. See how his injury heals all that type of stuff. But ultimately, I think it's going to be an area of the team that is going to probably be the rotated the most. And therefore, we might need three new signings to complement the players yeah. that we've already got. Uh, three, they, including Alexis McAllister. Yeah, I get yeah. Um, it. Makes sense. Stay welcome to you. So, in Paul Joyce's article he, he, uh, about the McAllister, he mentioned Taram, he mentioned Lavia, he mentioned Gravenberg. There's been reports to Kone. Manu Kone as well. They're, they're probably the four midfielders at the moment who, who have been most heavy linked again. How much truth in all those time will tell. That does suggest, like Chris says, that there's a there's a profile there. They're all you know, you know some, one of them six four for a start. Big lads get about the pitch, more energy. We just saw Manchester City win two trophies. They're probably going to win three because they've got the balance right between the physicality of the game and the technical side. Like Chris said, you know, you you can afford to drop an Ardo Silver and hey, I mean he runs as nuts off for a start, but there's Rodri's in there. You can't get the ball off Rodri. Yeah, he uses his body so well. Fernandinho did it so well for years. Yaya Torre, like, you know, as, as for all your David Silva, you still need a little bit of that. And by the way, some of these lads are technically quite good as well. Um, and also couple that with the fact that they've got a six-foot-plus centre-back playing in midfield who's winning his battles in John Stones every single yeah. week. That adds to the physicality. It does. It absolutely does. And Liverpool hopefully have the same with Trent on six-foot, but Trent's certainly filling out in terms of his physicality. It, what I like, today about this kind of stuff is that there's a... If these links are all right, and we don't know again, who knows where where they're all coming from? But there is a profile of player that we can spot here. McAllister and Mount seem like similarish in terms of profile. Kone, these other, you know, Lavia, etc. There is a profile lads. The big lads get about the pitch, give you energy, but I can still play footy as well. They're not just yard dogs of an age, which you know, between what nineteen for Lavia and mid twenties. I think for the other guys, you know, all under twenty ones or whatever, pretty much internationals. There is, there's some it, again. It feels like there's joined up thinking, and I agree. Like Chris says, it is a, something that Liverpool probably do need to add to the side this year. The biggest problem we've had is being overpowered in midfield, the physicality. So yeah. you live and you learn by your own mistakes, don't you? So you go away and you think, who's the best person to deal with that? So if you look at Taram, for instance, six foot four, um, same size as Gakpo, so we are definitely adding physicality to the squad. He's kind of a more of an advanced player, and I really like that. So, so you know, it. it he would probably play on the Curtis Jones side, to be fair. 
um, would be would be a, a notch or two up from where Curtis Jones is at the moment. But you're exactly right. The physicality thing is massive. There were times this season when if you could isolate our centre midfield one on one. So if you're Caicedo and you've got you've got facing up Jordan Henderson, you think you can beat him physically. And we've yeah. seen that. That's that's just how it works out. He's a lad coming through at the peak of his physical powers. Jordan Henderson sort of now in the final chapter of his career, so to speak, and there's been all of those things, but these are, these are, this is a new breed of young athletic physical players. A good big one will come out on top of a good small one every single time on it. That's a coin Paul's phrase. That's absolutely true. So if we're going by and big physical lads that stop that from happening, then, then our much maligned centre-backs who've been faced the Alamo many, many times this season in terms of where are all these runners coming from. Jewsby Hall against Leicester is a classic example. Once you bypass the midfield, a good number nine takes your centre-back for a walk, you're in trouble. Now we've got looking at getting some physicality in that midfield, some strength, some power, some youthful exuberance. I think that only bodes well, and I really like the, the profile of the players are looking at. I agree with both of you two guys when you say that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah, moving on, Chloe, away from midfield as well. There was links from Germany with Benjamin Pavard. I know you spoke about them on um, on your transfer news show recently. Are we just still think because the the move coming out of Liverpool for a while was that? And I spoke to Neil Jones about this on uh, on Genoa Insights a few weeks ago. He, he said the sense he got was like Liverpool are going to sell Joe Massive. Liverpool are going to sell Joe Massive. And then he said he spoke to them fairly recently, and the moves exchanged there. We might keep John Matson unless a big comes in, and that there is a there's a difference there. You know what I mean? But you know, you've just mentioned before you you agree two midfield, two at least two more midfielders. Do you think there is a need to do something at the back as well? Yeah, hundred percent. Whether that's a left sided 
centre back slash left back or this right centre back slash right back situation. Pavard's decent on the ball. He's played right back. He's played right centre back. He's played left centre back. Um, he's won European titles. He's you know played for France's international team. His level of um you know, experience is incredible. He's still only 27, so he, he's now just reaching the peak of his, his powers. Um, he wants a new challenge as well. And look, I totally get us needing a left-footed, left left-side, left-back slash centre-back who can do that. I mean, Robertson's not 100% there yet. Do I think he could slightly be turned into it a bit better? Yeah, because I think he's more defensive than Trent is, obviously. Um, but... Pavard really interested me because I just thought he'd be good on the ball if he did play in midfield. I reckon he, I reckon he could do that. Um, but more importantly, Canate for me is just too unreliable in terms of fitness, in terms of availability, and that's you know he's been that ever since he came in, and I think he's unbelievable. I think he can be a world class centre half. Um, but I really worry that with Trent being in midfield so much that he has so much to cover his job is so much harder than Virgil van Dijk's job because he's got to cover Trent as well um, and if we can potentially rotate them and also with plan A with Trent isn't working and we can get you know still keep the same system but maybe change Pavard in there I think it'd be really good so yeah um, I think Liverpool still need to sort out a centre-back situation whether that's the left side or right side whatever you want to do I'd, I'd rather they both you know can interchange um, much harder with a left-sided, you know, left-footed centre-half on the right. Um, but also the the three midfielders, including Alexis McAllister, needs to be big. And like we mentioned earlier, for Liverpool getting a deal for under 45 mil for Alexis McAllister, maybe, just maybe, they go and do something somewhere else. I'm not saying they will, but I saw recently Fabrizio Romano came out and said 10 million euros for Pablo Dybala. Why no one's looking into that, I don't know, because, um, and I'm not talking about Liverpool, I'm just talking about, you know, a, a player who, yeah, he's been a bit injury prone, but if he's your fifth choice for 10 million and you turn around and say to him, we're not paying you the wages that you want, but you'll come into a side that can win stuff, then maybe you've got something there. So, yeah, uh, hopefully Liverpool have something left over where they can either put a really good bid on for someone who they might have not been able to go for recently with Jude Bellingham. Where's Gundogan going? going? Probably staying. 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 Probably back to Man City. Pavard thing's really interesting because I see I don't see Pavard as um necessarily a, a one trick pony. I think his versatility is better. Right yeah, I don't see him being a centre back solution. I see him being potentially someone that plays when we need to rest Trent because he can play midfield yeah. because he's played there before and he's he's adept on the ball. So I think he is a He's, a, he's three positions in one if you buy him. He can play him right centre-back. He's not got anything like the same attributes as a Canate. Um, so there's much more for him to do. And, and that would mean Trent probably have to be a bit more orthodox in terms of a right-back position. What he does give you in the games when you don't want to play Trent week in, week out, is the option to play him in there. He will do you a job to a level level in there. And it goes back to the points I made 10 minutes ago about the rest of the recruitment is key. Because you can play a player of, of a lesser ability. And I agree with what Jamie Carragher said. Doesn't matter who you buy, you're not guaranteed they'll give you what Trent gives you. Doesn't matter how much money you spend on them. Would Bellingham have done that? We don't know. Um, so, so Pavard is, is for me, is a utility player, a versus, versatile player that solves three problems in one. And I think it's about €30 million Euros was the figure that Bayern have set for him to go. So, so that could be a structured deal in the same way we did Thiago, where we paid €7.5 million for four years, kind of amortisation. 
we might get Pavard on a very good. The... I'd be surprised if we got him. You know, I would. I think. I think. I just don't think why someone at twenty-seven years old who's played in some top leagues and won some fucking amazing stuff wants to come in and basically be a backup centre back but a yeah. backup right back. Yeah. I, I like him. I agree with everything that you've said. I think your points are absolutely spot on. I'd just be shocked if he wanted to come yeah, and do I it. Get, yeah. I tend to agree. The reason why I mentioned the right back situation, the right centre half situation, is just because he he couldn't do it to a level of Canate. But if we actually had a function in midfield, we keep a lot of the ball. He's not going to have to do loads of running. He might have to stop the odd three or four chances throughout a game. And if you can make only two of them, you know, if you can stop two major chances and only two of them are big chances, then he's really not got much to do. Liverpool this season have been all over the place in midfield, not knowing when to press up top. That Kanaze and everyone else has been pulled all over the park, hopefully with an actual boss midfielder who understands the system, who can run. Pavard wouldn't be as frail. The only other suitors for him might be Real Madrid because of yeah. uh, Carvajal's advancing years and, and is a little bit injury prone and a bit rash, dives in a lot. So there's a potential he will go there. What might work in our favour now is if you're going to go and be at the big table looking at all the big prizes, you have to recognise that you you are forming part of a squad. Look at Manchester City. They've got two in every position that will get in any other, any other side in the Premier League pretty much. At some point, these players have got to realise if you if you want to go and be involved at the final end of tournaments and Premier Leagues and La Ligas and Bundesligas, you're going to have to form part of the squad because football is changing where you can't use the same guy. Years, years ago, Liverpool used to say that the squad is today is the same as last season. You can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you have to change it up. You have to mix it. We'll get the best out of Trent by finding someone that can, can give him a day, give him a couple of weeks off, not at one, one time in particular, like... But rest him when we need to rest him instead of keep going to the well and drain the player because we've seen him for 11, 12 games in this new role. He's had one performance which I thought wasn't great in that, in that 11, 12. Try to do that over 38 games, that becomes very difficult mm. because everything goes through him and it's a very dynamic role he's playing in. Someone like a Pavard could come in on the notion that he's a squad player and he'll get a good amount of games on a rotation no, yeah, basis. Could, could I'm gonna, I'll I, tell you what, sorry, mate. You go first. I was going to say, if he comes in. I think Trent's a midfielder. Mm-hmm. I, think one right yeah. I think he's the right back. If he comes in, if Liverpool go for Pavard, I think he's been told he's the right back. Potentially, yeah, and it, it certainly, wow. it certainly could, it could be, it could be an option. Can I listen to a Jamie Carragher's podcast and you'll hear? Yeah, Carragher, Car- Jamie Carragher agrees. Um, I want to move on because because well. well, he thinks Trent should be a midfielder. He thinks Trent should be a midfielder. Go and listen to it. Um, there's a free version on the well. YouTube channel as well. <laughs> um, right then, moving on a little bit, but sticking with us at defenders, Chris. This time last year, Jurgen Klopp was at a press conference, right? And I remember him out on the midfielders, and he listed off all these names. Oh, no. and he said, we don't need midfielders. We've got Thiago, we've got Chamberlain, we've got Kit. And I was like, oh, he's injured. Oh, he's injured. Bit old, bit young, but always injured. I think there's a thing where you look at all of Liverpool's centre options, and I'll half include Virgil van Dijk in this on the on the basis that he's played a lot, um, but. Even if you're okay with Van Dijk, you go, Gomez, yeah, injury record and form record, and there's definitely a question mark about overall ability. Ibu Kanate, I think there's definitely a question about the injury record. Um, and he's still, he's still developing, you know, for, for all the good he, he did, he still had a few clangers in there a little bit along the way, so there's still development to be done. Joel Matip, age slash injury record. Like, I get the sense Liverpool might be comfortable going into the next season with the same group of four that they had, but I, I think that's madness. I, but I, 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 think I, I don't think I don't think they should. But that's my underlying worry is that there's there's reasons to keep all these lads, whether it's age, whatever, and, and levels. 
But the flip side is, I am sitting there like I am with the midfield thinking, you know, th- one lad who's, you know, in Virgil, who's still brilliant and he, he'll play every game as, as he can. And then three guys with questionable injury records, um, asking them to do a lot of running, by the way, if Trent Alexander-Arnold is going to carry on doing the hybrid stuff. That's that's my worry when it comes to defenders. I I I I would be much more comfortable. I don't know if you agree with like if letting Joel Matip go, who's been a great serve and cash him if you can cash in like whatever you can get for him, and then you replace him with like a 25, 26 year old. Do you you're a bit more confident in because the other options that there's there are question marks over all of them. Yeah, and I think Liverpool would absolutely one hundred percent be looking to fix this issue this season if it wasn't for the fact that the midfield's gone to shit. And yeah. I think that's where where it come where it comes down from. I think they've had to prioritise. They've not been given a, an open checkbook to go and sort out every single issue. Um, if they had been, they would be shorting the defence out. But I think they've prioritised the midfield over the defence this season, this summer, and it looks like that, certainly that's the case anyway. You can only fix so much with Liverpool's budget, is what what I'm sort of getting yeah, the, yeah, yeah. getting the gist of. Um, and they've decided that you know maybe Matip and Gomez and Canate, you can put a season together between the three of them. I think that's, I think that's madness. I think you know, for me, they've all got injury problems. They've all got form problems. Bar Canate, um, I don't know. To be fair, it's only probably Gomez that's got the form issue. I don't think Matt's had a great season. No, yeah. I thought Virgil Van Dijk had a shocking season, but, and but that's probably by standards. Yeah. Yeah. So look, there is issues, but can you fix it all in one window? That's all I'm saying. We'll really. soon, yeah, we'll we'll soon find out. I think out. you'll see an improvement in the defence. Taking Chloe's point for if you've got a midfield, there's no outrunners because mm. because all I'm doing is a number nine is saying to Virgil Band, like I'm taking you for a walk, mate, because I know the rest can't go. So he caught he, quite rightly, and the Perisic t- tackle is probably the best example of, of when things haven't worked for Virgil this season. I think quite a lot of the flack that's gone his way is is to some degree a little bit of an overreaction. Because he's tried to do other people's jobs. He should never have been over at right-back position trying to take the ball off Perisic. He should have trusted his teammates to do that. The Leicester goal will go back to the Jewsby Hall. It was just pulled out of position and then he just beat our midfield and, and it was like the Alamo coming at him. So I think, if you like you said, if you solve the midfield, you get something back along, on the, along the lines of the Virgil van Dijk you, you've, you've come to love. I expect at least four signings through the midfield and one centre-back and I think they should be able to do that, especially with this deal yeah, that we've got on McAllister. I think I tend to agree. Mo with a super chat there says, Inacio is the dream. He can play left back, left centre back or right centre back. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he still had that sporting. Yeah. Is that Van der Ven as well, isn't there? Yeah, he, oh, all, really he also. Like he, him. Uh, got the speed of him. Like, Incredible, oh, isn't he? And then he says, Viego, Musiela are the only two under 21s to have Temple scores in Europe's top five leagues, maybe their options as well. Then what? I mean, Vegas, possibly. Musiela, good luck trying to get him out of, out of there. And then one question I'll say, uh, who wants to answer the question, Chloe? I'll come to you. Addy with a two pound super says, Kone or Taram? Who would you rather Taram. have? Taram. Taram. You play 100%. with him on FIFA, don't you? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah. 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 For, for a start, his dad's Lillian. I mean that's that's enough, isn't it? Like, oh, we just signing lads, McAllister. He's now, from yeah. football and royalty. He's got a he's got an older brother, and he's like three years older. That yeah, he's going to be moving on this, this summer as well. Like, so I'm six foot three, six foot four. He he he's got like I think he's like top four percent in goal creating actions across Europe, top five leagues, and uh, no, maybe top eleven percent in goal creating actions, top four percent in shot creating actions. Progressive carries into the box is ridiculously high. Like. You know, this is a guy who is comfortable dribbling and taking players on in the final third. 
And that's where Liverpool have been the most redundant at times when, when teams have parked the bus and we've moved the ball too slowly. Yep. You know, you want people who can get in and get shots off and all that type of stuff. And I think he moves the needle for us, I really do. Kone's an interesting one for me as well, don't get me wrong, um, Manu Kone. But Toram just seems to be physically better. Um, his stats are slightly better as well. He's a little bit more dominating. I think if you're looking for somebody to have a, a bit of a high press with, then... Sure, I'm confident. Conan might be more defensive, a little bit more Maybe. defensive. The, defensive Absolutely. the uh, Curtis Jones has carried the ball really well towards the end of the season. I think it's scary to think that on a counter attack, which Liverpool love a counter attack, um, to ram carrying the ball up that pitch is a very scary thought. And like one, of your, King, one of your FIFA goals. Yeah, that's all. That's all you're after. Um, five at the back. <laughs> but I, I mentioned Paddy. <laughs> I mentioned Paddy Vieira before talking about Arsenal. Like that's the kind of player that he reminds me of, and you know, hopefully he goes on and comes to Liverpool and has a career like Paddy Vieira. But like when he dribbles with the ball, just lad just bumps off him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, more so flamboyant in, in where he plays than Vieira. Vieira was just pure straight line power, wasn't he? He was a vertical player, absolutely, and amazing at what he did. But it's an interesting, Can I, interesting just, question. On, on, by the way, people watching or listening, go on this feed now, whether you're on the YouTube or the podcast. I spoke to Josh Williams, distant cover, and he listed off a big whole list of names of the attacking midfielders Liverpool could be in for this summer. So after you've listened to this or watched this, do go and check out and. Spoiler alert, some of the names that we've already Can mentioned we will come both up. both of these two players? We might do, we might do, but that wasn't Addy's question. I just, I just posed you the question. Why have one when you not both? I want, yeah, fair, yeah, fair enough. Fair where, enough. Does, where do you reckon, like, if we were to muse about where Choran would fit into this side, where does he fit in? Curtis's I mean, role. Isn't that where McAllister fits in? See, right. I plan the right. I think I'd swap played on the left, McAllister. I think I'd, go, I think I'd have McAllister on the left and Choran doing the Jordan Henderson Role, but he can't, more he's, he's more attack minded than that. And that's fine, watch, I don't mind him. If you watch his sort of highlights, it's, it's come from the left. They have both, yeah, that's really both do, that's the thing. And then Manu Kone's deeper, so neither, like, I mean, maybe Jordan Anderson's getting in the team again next season at, at this rate. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we figured out. So I want to move on. No, that, that, that's actually why I asked the question because I think both of them suit the left side yeah, more. McCall, I think McCall will be fine on the right if you had to, but you don't want him doing doggies back either. Anyway, we'll leave that for another day. I want to move on to the Fabio Carvalho story. Um, I'll start with you, Chris. So um, it's been revealed that RB Leipzig bid £10 million for him. Liverpool rejected it. RB Leipzig, according to David Lynch, um, are going to come back with a second bid, even though Liverpool have signalled their reluctance to sell. Um, again, I spoke to Neil Jones there on Geno Insight about this, and he said the same thing. He said he spoke to numerous Liverpool sources who have all told him or told everyone he is an officer we do not want to sell him but they will let him go out on loan um, got a bit of a comment here in the Discord until the, until the fee becomes high enough that they say yeah that's one thing yeah maybe <laughs> as I, is always the case with yeah. Liverpool what, what's your general thought in, because David's in the Discord chat says um, I'd be quite disappointed uh, sorry he sounds pretty entitled if some of these stories are true he'd be disappointed if you're requesting a transfer at 20 year olds um I don't know, like it, it is a strange one because Jürgen's always wanted buy-in off players and it feels like this lad quite has, he hasn't quite got the buy-in, but the, maybe it's a club decision that they're going to let him go out on loan. There's a chance he increases his value, etc., etc. I don't know, it, it feels a little bit messy, this. It, it, all, it all feels a little bit unnecessary. I mean, yeah. if you go on Twitter, there's people who are like adamant, you know, Fabio Carvalho deserves more chances, he could be great and all that. I, I, don't, I, don't, know, I don't know what it is, but it does feel like his camp are trying to engineer the move away. Okay, for me, it very much feels like he doesn't fit the group that Jürgen wants. You know, I, there was something where he, he started messing around on, was it Instagram or, mm. or Twitter last yeah. week and all that type of stuff, and it's like, that's enough for Jürgen to go, 
yeah, you're a really talented lad. We think you're a terrific footballer. But part of being a Liverpool player is acting like a Liverpool player and being part of this squad. So you either grow up and go out on loan to do it and come back a bigger man and start acting like somebody that should be in this squad. Because you've seen lads like Jordan Anderson, you've seen lads like James Milner and how they conduct themselves. Do you see them doing like these undercover posts on social media and stuff? Nah, they don't. They just get on with it. Come in, they do the work, they go home and they work dead hard. So for me, it feels more about the, the player and his mentality and the fit in the group than anything else. Steve, because he, 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 like, he did come in like Liverpool tried really hard. To, to, he beat off a lot of competition, a lot of teams once with Fabio Carvalho. He's just seen the team he came up with have a really good season. He would have played a lot more games for Fulham. I can understand I can understand the sense of frustration. And then the team moves away. You know, he's he's effectively a number ten. We don't really have one. He's not he, if not that, he's probably a left side of a three. Well, good luck getting ahead of Diaz Jota or now Darwin Nunez. I can understand it from his point of view. What it, the 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 flip side of that is of course Liverpool made the business decision. And I mean I again I, I muted the fee with Neil and he said the Liverpool are probably you know, they wouldn't even look at anything above twenty million, below twenty million quid. There is a, there is a, an argument you may say he doesn't fit. You can double your money on him. You can cut your losses. You can do the buyback stuff if you want. Like it's very rare Liverpool loan a player out and then it works out swimmingly for all concerned. You know what I mean? There is there's an argument you may go listen if you can get twenty million pound for him, by all means try and do the buyback stuff. But maybe you do just cut ties. We're about to sign new players. We'll take a time to gel into the squad and do what they want to do. How does Carvalho learn to play with a Liverpool team if he's wearing a Leipzig shirt and loan for a season, for instance? You're right, we don't loan players out and then they come back and they're world beaters. In, in football, when you're doing what Liverpool want to do and you want to get everybody in, on the same page and everybody's got like the same role, it's like a family you know, environment where everybody's got each other's back, you can't have one person that goes against that. You can't have one person that, that can sit in the corner of a training session or a dressing room and 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 berate and talk badly of the, of the of the club's plan and 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 try and drag somebody else into their way of thinking. Irrespective of how old people are at training, if you've got one bad egg in your camp, you've got, and that's a maybe an overreaction in terms of the phrase, you have to do what you have to do to get that person out because it can derail everything. So if he, if he, the buy-in is a really key word there, Steve, if he hasn't bought into it, he's not prepared to do the hard time where he learns his trade and learns to play because he's not ready to go and lead Liverpool's left side of, of the attack. He's not ready to, to come in and usurp Gakpo. And that might be part of the problem because when he came to the club, Gakpo wasn't there. He's seen this lad come in who, who is, is doing bits and pieces already against Man United. He was sensational, holds the ball really well, brings other people into play. I don't think Carvalho ever will reach the same ceiling as a Gakpo will, and there might be a realisation in the player on his camp that, hang on, this is a major obstacle in your way, so we might be better looking somewhere else. What I would say is, it's been handled really, really immaturely by the player himself, and, and as you quite rightly said, both of you quite rightly said, um, Jurgen Klopp is about, you're all in or you're not, you're nothing, and did, I think this is the issue. Did, did, am I right in saying we got a £7 million loan fee for Divock Origi? A couple of years ago, was it Wolfsburg? We well, we paid, like we that? just paid four million to have Arthur Miller on loan. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so when you think about 10 million for a player with his technical ability and his ceiling, like it's freaking low, especially at his age. Do you yeah. know what I mean? When you, when you know, I can see why they rejected that. Yeah, absolutely. And and so for me, it's like it's a case of look, you, you, you've got the future of this player. Personally, I think it's smoke and mirrors. I think it's very much Liverpool going, no, we believe in this player. So 
we're not, you know, you're going to have to pay the money. When it, when even if they don't believe in him, you tell the club that so that the price goes up. It's like yeah. fucking hell, no, Liverpool really want to keep him. Let's get him now while we can get him for 100%. cheap. The only other player that I've thought that has really annoyed Jurgen Klopp is Sacco. Yeah. And Sacco has gone like that. Because to be I fair, feel well, like, I feel like Carvalho. Sorry, Chloe, I'm going to interrupt you because I think it's fair to say. In public, Jürgen said he's been admired. Yeah. You know, the training's yeah, been no, really... He You're said right. he, he trains as hard as anything. And again, I spoke to Neil without giving away the whole general insight show on this show. He did say, people know the coach at Liverpool Adamant, he trains his nuts off. Yeah. He really does. He just wants to play games. Um, we've, got a, we've got a comment here actually from Anxiety, and I'll come back to you. He says, Harvey Elliott was also soon that he needed to go and grow up a little bit. They sent him on loan and that fixed him. Like There is a, there is a world where you can go and look, because Carvalho is so young... You can go and you can go and loan them out, and and you know worst case. I mean, again, worst case is it it goes absolute tits up on loan, and then you and then you don't really increase his value. But the flip side is, he does really well, and he comes back as a player like Harvey Elliott did, who's ready to play, or who's increased his value. So, I think, like I say, we've got to be, you know, we've got to be careful that we don't like tar him with you know the, the Sacco brush because you know Sacco nearly ends up like he got kicked off a tour. I don't think we've. I don't no, think we've quite had that much. This is what I'm saying. I don't think. I. I don't buy into what everyone else is saying because as soon as Sacco broke the line, he was, was gone. gone. Carvalho's not gone. No, Carvalho's still been there. He's been in and out of squads a lot less than what he'd like to be. He's still been there. Jurgen Klopp's the one who's been bringing him up in press conferences, praising his work rate, praising how good he is. There's still loads of the players in his comment section every time he posts a photo. You know interacting with him if it was a bad egg i feel like all of us would have probably dis you know maybe not because players are different now but i I feel like we distanced ourselves from it where we haven't so i don't really buy into it that he's over the top it's not helped with the fact that the team we bought him from have just been incredible in the premier league I'd like him to go. I I would never sell him. Not right now. And you can. I don't care what. Whether he has a bad season or not on loan, you're getting the seven mil back. Yeah. You got what for Ben Davies? You're not gonna lose anything yeah. by just giving him another year to express himself. Go and let him do it in the Prem. Let him go back to Fulham if they want him. Let him go to a lower team, Brentford, any of these teams, and let him go and experience, grow up realise the level he needs to be at um, and also get more you know, time in a team, let him be happy as well. Um, but I definitely don't think it's as bad as everyone else has been saying. See, I don't think it, I don't, for being... me anyway, I can only talk for myself here, but like bad, bad egg doesn't necessarily mean that you are causing rifts in the dressing room. But if you are sat there annoyed that you're not playing games of football when you're 20 years old or something and you think you deserve better, it might just be that it's not a great fit for you right now because you're not good enough to get games of football right now. And because and so if you're there, yeah, because you're just not good enough. So it might be that, yeah, he wants to go out on loan or he wants to go somewhere to play football and that's fine. That's get him out the squad because there's a potential that it could yeah. bring, bring the squad yeah. down, you know what I mean, in that regard. But equally, you might look at it and go, I don't know if he's ever going to be ready. Like, are we moving to this sort of physical side that we mentioned before where, you know, having another small technical player in there when we, when you've got the likes of Gakpo that he could potentially come in with, who's six foot three, six foot four, who knows? Like, but Elliot's that, and Elliot's ahead of him. What I'd say is, even in that instance, send him out on lane for a year is not going to hurt Liverpool because you, you bought him for so low. If he goes and does brilliant, but he still doesn't fit Liverpool's system, 
the sell to buy is what FSG mm. are for. Make him into a player that is really profitable then. This is what Liverpool have failed to do. We fail to realise when a player has reached their ceiling at Liverpool and sold them or let them go and, you know, go elsewhere. If we would have got loan, I mean, not saying that we should have done this, but Ox and that, if we would have got, you know, these loan fees, João Felix was ridiculous for his loan fee. Mm -hmm. And he got a red card in his first game and, and was out for three. I just think with Fabio Carvalho, you're not losing anything by sending them out on loan and saying you got to reach these lads. I'm not, I'm not sure you're gaining anything either in terms of what you might gain is more money on your yeah. on the, on I the think side if we get to 20, I think he goes. I think, I I think the, the clock comments about he trains really well is, is a little bit of kidology, it's a bit of PR. He wouldn't come out and say, Oh, do you know what? Be. He's not in the team because he <laughs> can't be arsed. Don't have him, lad. He's yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so, and, and Klopp, Klopp would never talk disparagingly about any of his players he's from that breed of managers that he takes all the flack he takes all the shots never puts the players in line for any criticism at all so it could just be a bit of like I say a bit of kidology going on I think if Leipzig come back and there's a deal there for 20 whether it's 14 with six add-ons I think Liverpool take it because this 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 summer is also whilst we're purchasing there's also a little bit of balance in the books that needs to be done if you get 20 for him for instance there's, that means the net figure for McAllister is 18 if you go off the figures. Yep. Suddenly, you transfer, you transfer, sorry to close, suddenly nice. what you're doing in the, in the transfer window is tempered by the fact that you've pretty much got McAllister for nothing in modern day terms. Yep. So, so so go and spend it on somebody else. Yeah, if, if the price is right, then of course. I just think for Liverpool to go to the ends of the world where they did to get him, they must have saw something yep. in them. There must be something in that young lad. And I've saw it in glimpses. I keep going back to the Community Shield and I know it was the Community Shield. But when he came on, he looked really good. He oh, looked really good. So he's there's a player there. He has got ability. And if we can get a really good fix, sure. And if, if Liverpool want to protect themselves and say, okay, we'll give you them for a little bit less than what we really wanted, but we want to buy back clause in it, yeah. then sure, they can fix themselves that way. Whether he goes or stays is not a problem as long as we make profit on it and we do what's right for the club. My point being is just he's not being bombed out of anywhere. He's still being talked about and is highly regarded from people inside the club. There was a portion of the season where he went missing for a big old yeah, but I'd also say, right yeah. City, was it not? if you look at the squad and you draw a line in front of the back four, he's behind everybody in front of that line. He's, in front of, he's behind everybody in midfield in attacking positions. He is the last He's the last go-to mm. on that. So he's probably eighth or ninth choice to play in the midfield or the front line, maybe further out than that. So he's got to reconcile that in his own head and understand that's a position in the squad. And if he's an ambitious lad who wants to get on and play and he doesn't think he wants to do the, the hard yards to, to earn the trust of the manager, earn the trust of his teammates and get in front of seasoned professional international players, then then, then maybe the Liverpool Football Club, as you said, Chris, is not the right job, for, the place for him to be right now. Maybe, maybe we'll uh, keep an eye on the car value stuff, I'm sure it's going to run. Tell you what though, hopefully if he, he goes on loan and he comes back an absolute world yeah. beater because we've got a world beater for yeah, seven million. There's also a case of if Liverpool's fit, plan A doesn't go correct, change system, go to four two three one or what and play him as the cam, and I'm not saying right now obviously, but if he does go and express himself in the loan, then there's another plan to, there's another arrow to your bow for you. you can't, listen, Harvey Elliott proved you can go out on loan and come back. Yeah. 
So it's it's not it's not like it's never been done. And um, you'd expect him to go out on another higher team as well. You would think, yeah, you'd think so. He'd, he'd probably get a Premier League move or even like RB Leipzig want him in the Champions League. Um, right then, we'll be back after another quick break. I want to let you guys know, of course, our Roberto Firmino documentary will be coming out later this month. What are we now? It is currently the 5th. It comes out on the 23rd, my maths tells me. 18 days to go before episode one drops on YouTube. Episode two That's drops at the exact same day on Red Men Plus as well. Our latest interview was with a glorified Liverpool legend. Check this out and we'll be back with our own transfer announcements after this quick message. Can you describe Bobby Firmino in one word? Incredible. Welcome back. That was quick. Yeah, Ian Rush. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> she said Ian Rush. She said Ian Rush. Yeah, um, that, that is a legend, isn't it, Chris? That's a, that's as legends go. Legend. He didn't is. get loaned out. He never. Although technically, he's supposed to leave. He half did. Yeah, five clubs involved. Yeah, there you go. Ian Rush can leave and come back. Fabio Carvalho, you might have a big future ahead. Yeah, right there before we leave, going back halfway, got our own transfer announcements of our own. Our very own Steve Plunk here. Steve, last day here. Steve's a. Uh, Sadly, going to be leaving us, mate. Um, which was a on live on the camera. Our appreciation to you. It's been a, an, a wonderful, if, if, if too brief stint here. But it's been great to have you here, and we're sad to see you go. But um, I'm, I'm sure you're not going to be going forever. You're going to be coming back, popping on shows and stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. Spoke to you about that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, nine months working with you guys has been tremendous. Not many people get to do things like this. This is kind of unachievable for a lot of people. So, firstly, coming on as a guest was really cool. Then being invited to, to join the team was, like, ridiculously good. Life sometimes gets in the way and you have to do different things and you have to reevaluate stuff. But I will be a fan and I will also come in, hopefully, and do some contributory stuff with you guys. Um, so, in that, res- in that regard... My thanks is to you guys for sharing well, your thank time you, with Steve. me. It's been, it's been an absolute oh, pleasure, mate. You've been uh, great to have around. Football knowledge is fucking incredible. brilliant. It's great to have a, a, yeah. have a chat with about footy, not about footy. Play pool upstairs. It's been great having you, mate. Thank you. It really thank has, you. yeah. At least the, the, the stand of the pool gets considerably worse. Thank As God. you leave as well. Yeah, I might have a chance of actually winning the game. Except it, not against you. <laughs> or anyone. <laughs> no. I, I'd be... Dan the other day. How many days ago? Don't worry about that. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Well, got, got some got some messages here, Steve. So Dan, uh, one of our members, says the same. All the best to you, Steve. So does Jake. Says you'll never walk alone, Steve. Hawks, Scott Hawks, all the best to you. You're a top man. So yeah, don't worry, Steve. We'll be back involved, of course. But once the yeah, yeah we, we've got it on tape now, so he has to. He can't back out now. Okay, yeah, yeah. When, when, when I'm desperate for a final word, half two on a Wednesday, I'll be on the. I'll be like, Steve, get yourself involved. I'll, You've I'll even be, got I'll be there. I'll be there. I, I want to come and do that. I enjoy that. That's where it kind of started for me. And, and obviously, as I say, things change, life changes, you do different things. But I've made some, most importantly, I've made some friends here. Absolutely. So, work's work, friends are a slightly different situation, isn't it? So, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Cheers, Steve. Thanks very much. One more show for you to do, though. We are going to be doing the Biased Transfer Podcast up next. Yes, that is our show where we look around the world. We take our Liverpool blinkers off and look what's going on elsewhere. It used to be the Biased Football Podcast. Now, for the summer, it's the Biased Transfer Football Podcast. We're going to be speaking about... Are we Harry... still going to have a laugh at Everton? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's Every week. The, oh, uh, no. Pretty much certainly. There's, there's a big yeah, Everton laugh coming in one. this show. There's also chat about Harry Kane, Declan Rice... Karim Benzema, and then we're going to laugh at everything because 
that's kind of what we do there. So if you oh, want yeah. to check that out, redmenplus.com. Be streaming live. If you're watching this live in about 10, 15 minutes time, but it'll be there in all formats, video and podcast for you to check it out. But thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Red Men Originals. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here with us. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chloe. And most importantly, thanks to you, Steve. And we'll be back next week with another one. See you all then. Just without Steve. Thanks for listening. If you want even more Bosch content and podcasts just like this, go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.